0: Alright, we are here. It's New Year pro Is it number four now? I think we're up to number four. New Year pro show. Number yeah. Th- I
1: don't know, man. We're, we're all over the place. We're actually on holidays at the moment. <laughs> we, we are on holidays. We are exhausted.
0: We are chilling out in Corlette, New South Wales at a at a house. Well, we won't say how we've come to occupy this house, but we have <laughs> occupied this house. It's
1: definitely a drug dealer's house. Yeah.
0: And um, you can hear the dog barking. You can hear the birds chirping. We are just taking a bit of a, a break from all the... Can I say intense action this last month?
1: Oh, it's it's been full on and it's still going. That's that's why we're here, here to talk about what happened last weekend at Club Maitland City, and here to talk about what's happening in a couple of days' time at the Hoos. Yeah, Duck Duck
0: Hoos. Duck Duck Hoos is coming up in just a couple of days from where we're talking now. And uh, yeah, Club Maitland City last week was absolutely insane. I mean, it looked like for sure that full force Matt Rogers is going to get up on Kavenagh again. All everything was leading towards that, leading towards that, leading towards that. Everybody thought, I polled the audience before, they all thought it was finally going to be full force Matt Rogers' time, but
1: no, it was uh yeah,
0: it was Did you pick up that reference what I'm going with? The election, the, yep. the polls. <laughs> no, it didn't quite work. <laughs> he,
1: we should probably mention that Club Maitland City was on election day and everyone was expecting a Labour win and it was not forthcoming. No, it was not well, forthcoming. Well, everyone in New South Wales, they, they knew what was happening. Yeah, I think a lot,
0: I think some people expected it. Some people did. Anyway, we're not here to talk politics.
1: That's no. That'll, that'll end up <coughs> tragically. Uh, so, yeah, Club Maitland City, uh, we opened up with Adam Hopper versus Donny Mako. Amazing, um, amazing uh, match. Definitely a, a highlight of what Donny Mako has got coming up in his career. Uh, wasn't able to get over wasn't able to get over Adam Hoffman, the Newcastle Pro Wrestling middleweight champion. So he was that was always gonna be a big a big challenge for him. I uh, you know a new guy, Donny Mako, up against the middleweight champion and the seasoned veteran of Adam Hoffman.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Don't Johnny is one of those wrestlers that he comes out, you think it's a shark character, what's it gonna be, but he's just so high flying. He's got a lot a big future ahead of him, but he came up as always we know with Hoffman, a guy who has just made the rounds and the middleweight champion. He's got the belt to prove it. You know, I'll give it a couple more years and we'll see where that match will be at.
1: Well exactly, and Adam Hoffman needed a match with somebody who was high flying. He's got the TLC match coming up, uh, coming up very soon, June eighth, Club Charlestown. And that's what he's gonna be up against with like Matt Diamond, Tyson Reed and Tana Moe. Yeah, good chance for, for him to try to get into it. Um yeah, so Tyson Reed and Tana Moe. Uh, defeated Parker Thomas and Jason Bay simultaneously. Yeah, so the double double submission. See so yeah, the the knee bar and the the sleeper hole. So yeah, it was it was both of them again coming into this TLC match. Both of them needed to pick up a win, and both of them picked up the win, uh, which was fantastic. Then we had uh, Ricky South versus Tyler Payne and Shane Sheffield Sinclair. Ricky South was was very mad at Shane Sheffield Sinclair for. Alienating his friend, Big Fudge. I would
0: almost go as far as say corrupting his corrupting, friend. Corrupting,
1: yes, yes, definitely, definitely corrupting with Nugget. We still didn't get any answers as to what Shane Sheffield Sinclair wants from Big Fudge, but what we did get was Tyler Powell driven, while Ricky South stared at, uh, at Shane Sheffield Sinclair as he exited the ring. So Shane Sheffield Sinclair noped out of there, and Ricky South, who'd inter- injected himself into the match. Ends up picking up the win over over Payne. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, well, the thing
0: right. is, I think you're missing out one of the big points of the match there, Cameron. And that was, of course, what drove dollar 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 out of the ring was a big wet kiss from Ricky South.
1: I try to block that one out of my memory. Not per, not for disgust, just pure jealousy. I wish, wish that was me. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we I all think, do. I think half. Boyfriend.
0: Well, I don't know. We'll let's we'll pretend it. We'll go with the election theme. I think of well over half of the people polled. In the crowd, there would definitely like a big fat wet kiss from Ricky South.
1: I think he needs to, needs to start selling it as merch, like uh, like the Ugg hugs.
0: Well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Get a get a Ricky booth. South kissing booth. I yeah, like it, that. I like ooh. that. Can we cop? Can we copyright that?
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta start taking some credits. so take a bit of a cut there. What do yeah. you reckon? I should have our own kissing booth. Is that where we just kiss? I mean, isn't, that what <laughs> we, isn't that how we do our commentary anyway? Yeah, exactly. That's what that noise is. for yes. Hey, <laughs> 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 anyway, onto onto other things. So we then had like, we had second base. You mean yes. So we had Caveman Ugg returning to Newcastle Pro Wrestling for the first time in a year. So coming up against Newcastle Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion Matt Rogers. So it was phenomenal. Just two big guys just beating like yeah. living. Crap. I
0: talked. I talked to Ugg before the match, and he said a very profound thing. He said, "I'm a caveman, and I like to hit things hard." Yeah, that pretty much summed up the match. I mean,
1: well, we spoke to them before the match and uh, just you know, asked how. How they're expecting the match to go, you know what he thinks is going to happen in there, and the response that I got was Caveman hit hard, and that was that's exactly what happened. They both hit each other insanely hard, and unfortunately, Caveman Ugg was not able to pick up the victory. So Matt Rogers showing off again that mean streak, that that violent streak that he that came to the front when he was uh, when he, in his match against Carter Deems uh, prior to that. So he again, showed it on Ugg. So shows even the even the biggest of the big boys is not safe from the mainstream of of matt rogers
0: they call him full force for a reason <laughs> uh,
1: then we then we moved on to the the babes so harley wonderland and carter deems without uh without maddie warburg essentially we, we
0: i wonder to- how long this will go on like I, I wonder how long they can maintain it with just two or they're gonna have to have a, a third person again because we were discussing during the match that looked like their relationship might be strained which we'll get to
1: well yeah after what had happened in the the last match as we mentioned Carter Deems and Matt Rogers had their match and Harley Wonderland threw in the towel there for Carter Deems who'd been bloodied and then we wondered how they'd go how they'd go and so they went up against an unlikely tag team of Daza and a, a local favourite in club haitland city of tali to their credit so tali and das actually worked quite well together they for for someone who i'm fairly certain they hadn't really even met properly but yeah they went into this went into this match and actually showed showed some a fair bit of cohesion but just was not enough yeah I, wonderland and carter deems exactly
0: i think their first tag team match they did, they did an honorable job but you're not going to take out somebody like the babes who've been at it for so long and by the end of the match, any questions we had about their loyalty, their solidarity, that was answered pretty, well, pretty you thoroughly. S-
1: you saw it through the match at the start there, just cut, you know, tagging in, tagging out, fluidly, effortlessly. They were able to isolate uh, Daza and then put him in the corner and just you know, working him over, just tagging in, tagging out, every, just constantly keeping up that motion and keeping that that tag team together. And yeah, definitely displaying. A complete cohesive unit. Again, how they're going to go when it's just the two of them? We'll see how that one works. But for now, they are they are a united front. And Jessica Troy had a match, uh, dominant performance, winning by armbar. And of course, we got then to
0: the main event, which was Headhunter Rig attempting to cross another name off the list, and of course that would be Jack J Bonza. Which you know, I didn't know this, Cameron. I learned this this week that the J actually stands for J, like J A Y, Jack J Bonza. So
1: much like Homer Simpson. Exactly.
0: So it's easy to remember. I've been it takes off one of the questions I had for a future interview I was gonna have with Bonza or we were going to have with Bonza. Yep and so that's good. Yeah. I like I like to solve puzzles.
1: <laughs> so with that mystery solved we uh we saw what was an exciting match uh, but it seemed Bonza a little bit more more vicious, a little bit more crafty the veteran was was getting over on top of Headhunter Rig. But Rig uh, started to pull out a victory. The headhunter Rig was interrupted, interrupted by Adam the and victory then with his then by Carter Deems. Deems. His now infamous Cannonball. And so that
0: Carter Deems was kind of a, a blast to the past, wasn't it? a blast from the past. A
1: blast from the past. Uh, <laughs> picking up your accent here. Blast from the past. Uh, all of a sudden, you're texting. Yeehaw. You Yee-haw. Uh, so Headhunter Rig and Carter Deems had tag were a tag team before in IWA as the Headhunters. Uh, before before Carter Deems. Went overseas, went to New Zealand, and tra- trained at the Farlay Dojo. Uh, and, you know they, that's unfortunately, what split them up, but they showed that they're still friends, and you know both of them making waves in their own right. And Carter Deems coming out to stick up for his, I'm not going to say former friend because they are still obviously very good friends, and yeah, that was able to to even the odds a little bit in back into Reek's favour and able to pick up the victory over. The former champion, Jack J. Bonza.
0: Yeah, that was a very exciting match. It's nice to see Headhunter Rig, somebody who's a friend of the podcast, get another name off that list, and now it's on to Moretti. So that was a big big show for Maitland. Um, that was a big match, and um,
1: yeah. I, I can honestly say I cannot wait for Headhunter Rig and Mick Moretti. That is going to be off the wall. I it, it
0: feels so much more like a massive like culture clash as well, like... Redneck versus free. Hawkins all the way back to like grade school, like from the, yep. the parking lot, the, the <laughs> playgrounds, the main streets yep. of rural New South Wales. It's
1: going to be the the jock versus, versus the crazy kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's going to be. Uh, I I cannot wait for it. It, it. It's and neither can the dog. You can hear. Yeah. Yeah, the old the old boy. So this house has a dog, by the way. Yeah, it has okay, a dog. It comes with a dog, <laughs> which you know that's what I look for in in my accommodations. Uh, I'm actually not joking here. If it if it has an optional dog, I will take it. That's
0: good to know. Yeah. And I think we should get to our interview of the week. This week was an interview I actually conducted over uh, the telephone because of just the way things worked out. Let's be on vacation and whatnot. Holiday, as we say, down here. And yep. um, <laughs> that was Hi. with. That vacation um, and then we talked to Jude the dude London which was a really good conversation actually
1: yeah well th- this will be the first time really for me hearing it actually uh, I I got to write some questions for it but I never actually got to hear the answer so I, I cannot wait for this from from everything I've heard it is it is really good so yeah,
0: it's really good he talks a lot about uh, what inspired him to be a wrestler um, what actually inspired him to make that crazy leap at PWA and how like Robbie Eagles really influenced him into doing that or it was really it's a really good conversation and uh you'll hear part of the interview and then we'll come back with a little bit of an announcement and uh previewing the duck duck who show duck duck Whoos. <laughs>
2: It on the on Fox, man, it used to be like a little tradition where I'd stay up late on a, a Tuesday night or whatever it was over here with with my dad, and we, we used to watch Monday Night Raw on on Fox Sports. That was how I first got into wrestling, and I just fell in love with it ever since, man. For Australian wrestling, though, I just like a like a lot of people like you. I had no clue there was a local scene here until I um until I looked at, until I looked it up. I actually looked up if there was any way to actually train to become a wrestler in Australia because I was so curious. It's something I always wanted to do. So I, I just Googled it and I came across uh, a, few, a few training schools and that's, that's legitimately how I found out about the Australian team.
0: And when was that? When did you first find out about it?
2: At least four years ago, I'd say four or five years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, and has it it's changed? Like going back to 20, 2014. And has it changed a lot in these five years? I'd say 100% of it has has changed astronomically um, you look at places like PWA and Newcastle Pro Wrestling now they've just have grown a whole bunch since then they've gone through like a lot of change PWA being my is my home promotion for example so that's the that's the most leading example I can give where when I first came in it was just a local promotion running in weird and wacky venues in RSLs and whatnot. now we've got the Max Watts House of Music is like our home, which is a very, very cool venue. And we've just gone on a live stream for the first time with OVO. It's changed tremendously since then, um, not only from production and production standpoint, but also the level of talent as well. Everyone, there's a lot of Australian wrestlers now that are just super, super good. And the world started to find that out. It's kind of, Australia's kind of like the, one of the last untapped pools of wrestling talent.
0: And since you've been a part of the PWA over all these changes, like the new venue, new, new training facility, all that, what has like the vibe been there the last 12 months? Like, was it, what has it been like to be a part of that massive change?
2: Oh man, it's been great. The vibe there now is um, kind of got that, to me anyway, it's kind of got that like classic interesting vibe with like a really raucous hot crowd, like the, the really, the lighting in the venue and just how rabid the fans are and just the feel when you step out there. Like spotlights the spotlight's on the ring, on the stage. Super professional and super cool.
0: Yeah, it does have that kind of crazy feeling of being, like, you know it's special in the moment. You know, like, you're going to look back on that in, like, 10 years and go, man, that was the best time, PWA. It really does. 100%, 100% you can You can, like, feel it now. And so this makes it so exciting is that it is this historic thing. Like, you feel it's historic, like, while you're doing it. Speaking of PWA, you mentioned earlier the new OVO streaming service, which I'm kind of on a mission to find out what exactly that is. I don't really know yet. But... It's yeah, seen right. this. It seen the show on Friday, the last show we were just at. That each match was trying to really make a special, a special mark or do something that was really special for the stream. And you may have done the uh, the craziest thing of them all. And I just have to ask you, you know, basically what the uh, hell, what the hell were you thinking when you jumped off that banister?
2: <laughs> I was just uh, trying to get famous, you know. <laughs> What, was um, that a calculated exactly thing? Like, I
0: thought that I thought that after a few minutes uh, after I'd calmed down. But I thought, man, that must, you must have been trying to make the biggest impact on the night.
2: It's like you said, man. It was it definitely was a calculated thing. To get me wrong, it was the first time we went we went on the over live stream. It just felt like, from many aspects, our biggest show so far, biggest show yet, and a lot of people were trying to impress and do things to stand out and stand out in front of a, a new audience and new eyes and eyes that were watching. It just felt like the right time to do a crazy stunt like that. You know, it was very calculated. It was a major risk that was taken. It was kind of scoped out before the show happened. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't. I did not do it without thinking about it because that's what I think will be truly insane. Watching it back, a whole bunch from a whole bunch of different angles. Yeah, I think I might be crazy. I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, did you rehearse it? Did you try it beforehand, or was that your first first no, only go?
2: No. First and only go. That's not something I'd want to do a whole bunch of times. I skirted it out a whole bunch. Like I stood up there, I, I looked down, like onto the ring, onto the spacing on the floor. Thought a lot about, what you know, if if I, if I did it, how how I'd do it. A lot of thought and focus went into it. I was I was up there for maybe ten fifteen minutes, just just looking and looking down and, and thinking. Like yeah, if, if I do this it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> you pushed
0: through man, you pushed through. That was definitely a moment. Like and how did how does it feel when you when you pull a move like that off? Like I'm such a massive move in front of such a big scene. Like how does it feel backstage after the match?
2: The adrenaline like during and afterwards is just like it's nuts. It's just it, what it's what pulls you through. It's what definitely what pulled me through. Planning it out beforehand I was like half scared out of my out of my shoes and half super excited, but when it was go time, I just I just went for it without any hesitation because that, that's just what performing, being in the moment, that's what the adrenaline does to you, man. So the the rush was insane, and after that after that moment in the match as well, the the match kept going for like another I don't know five minutes or so. I kept going, we all kept going, everyone that was a part of that crazy crazy stunt. We kept on performing. I, I think we did. We all did a great job. That that match was very very exciting. I look back on it pretty pretty fondly. And with planning it and scoping it out as well, I can't take all the credit. It, it wasn't my idea to, to do that. It was um actually the insane idea of Robbie Eagles. Got to got to give props to the coach.
0: And he had you do it. That's a great coach move. Like you can do it. You can jump uh, off the, the banister. No, um that was yeah,
2: my it might sound pretty nuts to be like, hey, you can jump off that and risk your life. It was actually it was actually pretty cool that he had the suggestion that I, I go ahead and do it. And, you know, kind of give me that spotlight, that moment. Very, very, very graceful. I'm very grateful that he he did that for me.
0: Yeah, well, that was an amazing moment. I think that would definitely be like a, 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 P, a PWA Hall of Fame moment, you know, because even... I was at that show and I was kind of thought that, not to be mean. I kind of thought the show was a bit flat or for me it wasn't quite clicking. And then you you jumped off that and it was I was just like, damn man, I'm I'm never missing a PWA show. That was insane.
2: <laughs> you know that was. That's crazy. our aim, man. We that's we want people coming back. We want them to watch all our shows. So we all put on performances or try to create those moments in a match that make people. Remember, make them speak about, it. make them go, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. No I matter mean, how crazy or how simplistic, our stunts or moments in our performances may be, our safety—we we prioritize our safety as the number one thing when we when we go out there with each other. And that sounds ridiculous coming from me, a man that just jumped off a balcony. It's the number one thing we prioritize when we go out there, and we have our—we know we have our lives in each other's hands. Our safety is key because we want to be able to. Walk away the next day, you
0: know. I know it seems like you said a very insane thing, but um, having been around wrestlers and, and been around the scene a little bit, I can I can see how much people do put into safety and taking care um, of the person it's, of it's themselves the person. and the person they're wrestling with. To be fair,
2: yes, hundred percent. You got to look after the person you are performing with, and you got to look after yourself. That those those two notions are at the forefront of everything that a good wrestler will will learn when, once they begin training. It's at the forefront of all of our training.
0: I think like a lot of people like myself as well, we haven't been introduced to you in the last few years um, as part of the velocities. And I just was going to ask you a few questions about that. Like what is the difference, I guess, Uh, competing as like a singles competitor versus, as, as versus being in a tag team. Like how, how does that differ in the training and the mentality and what you're trying to do?
2: So first for the training, it's, it's not so different. Sorry, I got my dog with me. He's kind of freaking out a little bit. He wants some attention. (laughs) <laughs> um, he's climbing all over me I'm not talking about Paris I'm talking about my actual dog I think a lot of people like to hear from your dog
0: you know people like you know there's like dog Instagram accounts and dog Facebook accounts we could have like dog podcasts now and just interview wrestlers dogs
2: <laughs> I kind of wish he had a voice yeah he does have his own little Instagram account actually <laughs> does he really <laughs> um, he really does yeah you can follow him at Toby Longlegs anyways I digress back to the singles and tag team question you asked so kindly Training-wise, from a singles match, from a tag team match or anything in between, the training is not so different other than if you want to train for a tag team match or in, in a tag team, you will train with your tag team partner and you'll learn each other's, whether you have natural chemistry or not, you will just learn each other's timing and each other's style and how you can play off each other, how you can enhance each other's strengths, how you can cover each other's weaknesses, that sort of thing. In a singles match, Obviously, you're, you're wrestling for yourself. It's all about you. In a, in a tag team match, it's or it, it's not just about you. It, it should be about you and your partner. Performing as a whole, trying to put the spotlight on both of you, or one of you at a time, however that may be, and, and wrestling wrestling for the other person rather than wrestling for yourself.
0: Is that difficult I've, for a wrestler to do, to put that aside, that sort of... Ego or is it is it just suit like your your what you're trying to accomplish?
2: The best tag teams will I think the best tag teams will invest all their focus, energy, and invest their ego in the team. And that that's how you truly get something special out of out of a tag team. I personally I find tag team wrestling a lot more exciting than any any given singles wrestling match because there's a lot more that, there's just more potential, I think. There's a lot more you can do with four people in that ring instead of just two people in that ring. Ever since tagging with uh, with Paris and forming the is just about under two years ago now, I've completely fallen in love with tag team wrestling, what it offers and the chances it, chances it gives you in in the ring to to do certain things.
0: And how did you meet Paris, and what made you think this guy will be you know the the right tag team partner for me?
2: I hate, honestly, we, we met just through doing the loops, just wrestling local fans around Australia. I, I just saw him and I went, hey, he's a guy that kind of, besides the fact that a lot of people say we look the same, <laughs> um, he's a guy that just wrestles the same style that I like and that I was trying to wrestle as. And I just, I really, really dug the, the way that he wrestled and the way that he performed in that ring. So right off the first impression, I just went, hey, I'd like to... I didn't think immediately, oh, I gotta tag with this guy, but I thought, wow, this is a guy that I wanna be in the ring with and, and work with, and whatever that means, I'd like to see him more and be around him more, I guess. He came from, he came from a school called APWG originally, and then he, a couple of years ago, he, he started training with our PWA Academy frequently, and that's kind of when our friendship started kicking off and rolling, and when we got to, we got the chance to train more together and work a little more together. And I wanted to tag with him after having trained trained together for a little while. And just one day, coaches, it, it was it was Robbie Hughes was actually approached us and just went, "What do you guys think about, you know, becoming a tag team? Because that's a part of the show that we, we need a we need a gap filled, and you guys would be a great fit." And so we just looked at each other and said. Hell yeah, let's do it! And that's how that started. So Paris and I we, be, we began. I think it was like October October twenty seventeen is when we had our first match as a tag team. The PWA was was the first one, and then we just kept going, kept doing that thing, kept improving our game. I, I don't know when, but maybe six months ago, maybe maybe a little shorter. We added in Matt Diamond to the ranks and the Velocity, so now we're I kind have of more of a a group, a faction than just a tag team and we got that that dynamic factor of it could be you know, could be any one of us you see on a show, it could be any combination of us three members in a tag team match or even a six man tag team match.
0: Does it ever get too crowded? Like you know you said two two is exciting, four is really exciting. Does it ever get like six is a mess. Hey, it's just ridiculous. Or do you think, do you see it as every wrestler in the ring provides opportunity for excitement?
2: Exactly. what You just said there. every, every wrestler in the ring, everybody, every person in the ring provides something different, provides a new opportunity for excitement, something for you to invest in as a fan or as someone watching. Wrestling can be a cluster with just two people in the ring, let alone six or 10. It's, it really, it comes back to, I guess the, the level of expertise or whatever you want to call it. Just that X factor, the, whatever you want to call it of each performer of the ring the the six-man the six-way six match that i had that myself and paris had last week appeared away in robbie eagles open challenge I, I thought that was looking back on it i thought that was a really really fun match it didn't really feel like a, a cluster to me at all but then you might go and watch some other multi-man matches and think hey it, is, it got a little bit clustery so it, it comes down to who you've got wrestling in that ring at any given time no matter the amount of people
0: when, when you started out wrestling did you kind of always envision yourself being a high flyer or was this something that you just kind of this is your skill set and you started working with it
2: i always envisioned it to be honest because growing up my my favorites were people like my my, my first favorite wrestler was RVD. I, I think he's the man people like him jeff hardy eddie Guerrero, Rey mysterio paul london uh, people like that, man. They're just they're just so cool. So naturally, I gravitated towards that that style of of wrestling. Or like once I once I started my training, I had that in mind, you know. So that's kind of the the category that I've been put into. I do enjoy a bit of technical wrestling as well, but high flying is is my game, man.
0: And you went on a you and I think it was just was it you and Paris both? You both went on a tour recently through the UK. And um, We did, yes. You know, how was that? You know, the highlights, lowlights. What were the promotions like compared to over here in Australia?
2: Oh man, the, like the UK was just a super cool experience overall, man. You asked a lot of questions there. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ramble on you now until you, until you what, get something out of me that you want. Um, it was a very, it was a very great experience we kind of invested our own money in just flying over there without any, any guarantees and just said, let's just do some training, let's try to get on some shows, let's just see what happens. Either way, we'll, like, try to take something away from it. We were there for three weeks and we were fortunate enough to get on three wrestling shows while we were there, like, kind of one for each week. And the promotions we visited were, first of all, we had a show for Attack Pro Wrestling, which is run by uh, Pete Dunn and, and and some others. Had a very, very cool experience there, wrestling Aussie Open, Carl Fletcher and and Mark Davis. We also got to wrestle for Rev Pro, which was again super cool. That's like a big English independent promotion yeah, we had.
0: And how how, how 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 do they compare to like Nui Pro? Like how many people are coming? The is it is it really big in the UK or is it just about the same? Or?
2: Yeah, it's... wrestling in the UK is like super big. It depends on it depends on like the, the venues that you run. We, we didn't go to like we didn't get any of like the large like I think it's York or like the border of any shows like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had shows at some smaller, smaller venues. But like every time we went to a show, the venue was always packed out. There was one, one venue for, it was for a tap, it was called like Frog in the Fiddle. It, it was kind of like a big old barnyard. It was like a, it was a bar, it was like a cool little bar, but inside the vibe felt like it was like inside a barn. So it was like very, very intimate and cramped. There was like no seating. It was just the fans around the ring. So I don't know the exact number. It felt like somewhere between one and 200, but it was just like filled to the walls. Same with Rev Pro, there were two shows. There were two shows that we that we performed. That one one in Northampton and one at York Hall. The York Northampton show. It was similar. It was just fans standing around on the floor around the ring, no seating. But again, like filled, filled up that space to the wall. And then in, I can't remember the name of the other venue. It might have been York Hall, but the the seats were seats were packed. So th- those smaller venues, um, maybe. Like one, one to three hundred fans, similar to what Newcastle Fury gets on a on a regular basis. Yeah, right. And
0: I remember um, talking to you after a Wrestling Go show, and you were saying that um, you felt that it was you could be more of like a working wrestler in the UK, like make money and just be a wrestler, and not have to have a, a job.
2: Yeah, in Australia, in the Australian scene, it's, it's not quite there yet. Um, but in in the UK, there's just I guess there's just so many promotions that run. So much of the time over the weekend and some during the week as well. You can make a living and, and get by just by living as a wrestler. Whereas in Australia, it's, it's not it's not quite there yet. It's just it's just due to the the amount of promo- the sheer amount of promotions over there and, and the depth of how frequently they run. I don't know. I think give it a few years. The, the tide's turning for Australia, man. Uh, you look you look back on me talking in a few years and it, it'll be a lot different
0: well that kind of that kind of leads into my my next question which was basically what do you see as the future uh, for the Velocities and I guess you could kind of answer that with the background that Australian wrestling is right you know we all think it's really growing at this you know really rapid rate so I guess where do you where do you want to end up with this with the Velocities or your career
2: man I'd love to I'd love to do this forever do this for as long as I can do this for a living and I'd love to have the Velocities as, as part of that journey because I feel like it's a little a little team, a little brand that we've kind of built built for ourselves. You know, I I think when you think of one of us by association, you just you just think of the other. So I, our hearts are in Australian wrestling because we've been here for not not as long as like you know the people like Jack Bonzer and Robbie Eagles and Mick Moretti and people that have been doing it eight, ten plus years. We've only been at it a few years. In that short time, we've we've been able to be part of We've seen the growth happen. We've, we've been part of it, and I mean every every little step, every little and big step of the way. We, we've loved being on it. So, to have a living in wrestling in Australia, that's the ultimate dream, man. But then again, who knows? Um, Japan is a massive goal. Going back to going back to England one day is something we'd love to do. We haven't hit we haven't hit the American wrestling scene yet. So doing that is a, is a big goal for sure.
0: Did you feel like in the UK the training style was different? You were benefited from learning different, you know, techniques, different, you know, styles of wrestling.
2: Technique wise, it was it was different to what we have back home because of that old school like British style. A lot of the conditioning and and drills and things like that were very not similar. But having the training back home like prepared us monumentally mentally for the training over there. We got to train at Wiz the Fight Club Pro School and also the London School of Lucha Libre and they were both amazing, amazing schools run by some great people and they had some like great students with great attitudes, very hard working. Fight Club Pro, uh, we, we got to practice matches with some of their students and just feel around some, um, with some wrestling and learn some real cool techniques. The London School of Lucha Libre as it name implies, has a, a lot more of a focus on lucha, which is something that Paris and I just love and really dig and love to use as part of our wrestling style. <laughs> the, 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 way that, the way that the London School of Lucha Libre likes to warm their students up is very, very unique. We, we loved it, man. We, we wish we could have gone there more. They, they basically they take the first hour and they just dance. They just dance and chant and cheer in a big old circle. They, they exercise and stretch for like a whole hour to a, a whole, a whole track list. It, it's the best thing. I, I wish more places would, would do it like that, man. It's so fun. Oh, um, Yeah. Well, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna
0: research that. That sounds amazing. That sounds yeah, incredible. Yeah. I, I love one, going overseas and hearing about these things. You know, these like little, you know, idiosyncrasies in the world. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. So this school was the the London School of Lucha Libre. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's actually the school that that Will Osprey trained at uh, back in the day. All right. um, and it's, it's in it's in this little it's in this little venue called the resistance gallery the res gal um just like a a, a dingy grungy little like a almost like an artsy place it's like a little warehouse and they just man they just they make it work so well they just use it use the space they got <laughs> it's a whole lot of fun
0: To hear the rest of that interview, we're going to try something new here on the Nui Pro Show. We're going to start something called Nui After Dark. So what Nui After Dark is, we're going to be able to ask wrestlers, I guess you could say, a little bit more mature questions, 18-plus questions. And we're going to put it up on our Patreon page, which you can find in the coming days. And for $1, you can uh, subscribe. You can listen to these special like segments we have with uh, wrestlers we bring on each week. And you'll uh, be able to also uh, ask questions. You can send them in. We might pick your questions to ask them. And if we ever do any sort of live podcasts in the future, or any sort of uh, events or giveaways, you'll be the first to know. So uh, I'll put a link up on where you, where you normally find our podcast. That'll be in the next episode. And you can check out Nui After Dark.
1: Well, it's incredibly apt that you're doing it at the uh, – we're doing on this – announcing it at the, the Hoos Show. Basically the Duck Duck Hoose. Uh, podcast because that is an 18 plus event excellent uh, so byo it's going to get rowdy and that's uh that's new Year after dark that's what it's we want rowdy
0: because i'm all about family i'm all about kids coming i'm all about wrestling being available for everyone but sometimes you just got to be adults to let loose you know
1: well that's the thing and the 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 who shows they're something special they're a chance to cut loose you see the guys getting a little bit more a little bit more crazy it's it's just a fun fun show like everything's a bit more wild and then as well like you get to byo like you know you're not no restricted about having to line up or anything like that you can just we had guys bringing goon sacks and just drinking goon like we had Matty Wahlberg doing shoeys in the ring and, and that's the thing as well like the wrestlers are just hanging out in the in the crowd as well so it's a chance to do to hang out and drink with the wrestlers and and see them in a different light uh not just beating the hell out of each other but drinking the hell out of each
0: other. right i remember i remember tree hugger lucci came one time with some homemade tempeh and then let him in yeah so that's that's just kind of the vibe it is you know
1: yeah exactly and I mean, that's the thing like that's some uh some of my you know, memories of of the who shows just hanging out just out the front like in between matches just Having a, having a sausage sanger and just the wrestlers are just there just hanging out just drinking and chilling out and watching the show with you and, and one of the one of my favourite things is actually being with the other guys and guys who train and guys who wrestle and watching a show and seeing their actual reactions to a show watching Things that you know, watching them get so into it and get excited and just become fans again, and that's a big thing with who shows. Is you're seeing these guys up close, like watching these shows, getting excited, and just it, it shows you that you know you can that they're still fans of of the craft as well. They're not just a wrestler, and they're there. They they are fans as well. You know they've they've come, they've tried out at the Hoos, they've trained, and you know they get to. They enjoy it just as much as as everybody else.
0: It really is a night for the wrestling community here in Newcastle. It's it's the wrestlers, it's the fans, we're all together, all getting rowdy, all enjoying some good takedowns, some good pile drivers, some good uh, off the top rope action. Who, and who shows are the
1: best? It's <laughs> going to, just the best.
0: We're gonna actually we're actually ending our holiday a bit a bit early to go to the who show.
1: Yeah, well, we were supposed to be we supposed to be up here for the for the weekend, but the who shows on and you know. We, we've got to do it we've got to get there we'll be getting rowdy it's it's a special announcement Is his bloody larry's birthday so it is we will be we'll be enjoying a few a few bevies while we're compensating and uh expect us to lose our voices again well, especially me i tend to do that <laughs>
0: and that might be a good thing no we love your voice cameron now let's look at actually who is going to be uh Fighting at the Duck Duck because we're not just going to go and watch us drink, so they want to see some matches. So
1: <laughs> we're just, we're just going to watch the wrestlers drink. Um, no, actually, I've um uh, speaking of libations with uh, some of the wrestlers, I managed to be able to get some information out about this. the uh, The first match on the card. They normally, you know, you only ever hear about what the main event is, or the co-main. But I learned the the opening match is going to be a Fatal Four Way. It's going to be Tyson Reed, Tanamo, Shane Sheffield, Sinclair, and Headhunter Rick. I mean, that is the opening match. That is the first match on the card. This, holy shit.
0: You're, you've already lost your voice, and it hasn't even started yet.
1: <laughs> I cannot wait for it. Is it's going to be just again bogus. And
0: again, the dog yeah. is telling us.
1: <laughs> he he heard me talk about Tyson Reed, and you know, dogs, dogs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they yeah. So it's it's going to be crazy, but, as well, like not just that that match just being like, on its own is is going to be huge, but the fact that you've got. Tana Moe and Tyson Reed, who on June eighth, the club Charlestown have the TLC match, and then as well like uh, Headhunter Reed fresh off his victory over over Jack Bonza, and taking a break away from from crossing the names off his list, he's going after you know three of the other guys to so Tyson Reed, Tana Moe, Shane Sheffield Sinclair, Shane Sheffield Sinclair obviously still involved with with uh, Big Fudge. Will Big Fudge make an experience uh, make an appearance in this? No, this this is one you can't miss.
0: And the next <laughs> match, we know we know of. There's going to be a lot of matches, but the one we know of is the Babes versus this newly formed PE class, which of course is the Prefects and Parker Thomas.
1: Yeah, witness the fitness messiah of motivation, Parker Thomas, teaching the teaching the Prefects a thing or two over the Babes. Now, now it the, wouldn't
0: be too hard to teach them a thing or two, though. To be fair,
1: not really. So, no. I mean, but the the intro the that's not the only interesting thing about this match. The interesting thing was was leading up to it. They were announcing that babies are going to have a mystery partner. We weren't going to be sure if it was somebody like Rachel Rose coming back again, or Maddie Wahlberg reappearing, or if it was going to be somebody completely new, like you know uh, Charlie Evans possibly well, coming back or something like that. Like we had no idea. But well, we find out?
0: I can say this much. I know some people. Some people message me on Facebook and stuff. They did approach me but I at this stage of my life I just turned them down. So that's one of that no. Bloody Larry and the Babe sounds good, I know. It sounds like a winner. Um, but just contractual obligations, you know, TV appearances. Um, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I, I just want to give a shout out to Carter for that. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, in the end, unfortunately after they couldn't get you, they got they got the referee of all people. So this Nick. Guy, n- no. Not Nick. Not Nicholas. Not Nicholas. No. no, they got the ref. The this, so this ref has been. <laughs> people might remember him from you know, quite a while ago refereeing the refereeing pretty much every single babes match, and he's definitely refereed everyone that they've won. And some of, some of those counts might be quite dubious. You know, little maybe quick counts. Uh, dodgy ref may have been a chant that is uh, spawned from this, but you know, they're giving him a chance. He's, he's coming in, he's stepping into these shoes, so it's going to be interesting. Um, so, stepping up from being a referee to then going with the veteran, the champion, Harley Wonderland, and then Carter Deems, you know, fresh off his, his unfortunate title loss, but you know, somebody who was a title contender. And also coming up and filling the shoes of the former middleweight champion it's going to be huge. <laughs> like, I mean, I did not envy this guy whatsoever stepping into that role and trying to, and like, he obviously has impressed the Babes enough to get a shot because not, a, not everybody gets a shot. Not even Jack Jordan gets a shot in the Babes.
0: But this is what the Hoos gives. Lots the, of opportunities. Yeah. Only, we get to make a little tagline, only at the Hoos.
1: Only at the Hoos.
0: And of course, the other match we know of is Jack Bonza, the Red Nation versus the Blue Nation, Adam Hoffman, and what more can you really say about these two?
1: Well, they're the two head trainers of the hoose. so the there Hoos. is more you can say actually. yeah, there's, there's quite a, quite a lot more actually. Uh, so the hoose was was opened uh, a couple of years ago, and like the Hoos, as we know it now, where where this is. and Adam Hoffman has not actually wrestled there yet. So Jack Bonzer has. Adam Hoffman has it's his not. debut. yeah, it's his debut at his own Hoos. So and these guys are, are the head trainers here. Adam Hoffman has been training for <clears throat> training people for close to ten years. I should know because I was actually his first student. Uh, so
0: another yeah. big announcement. It's mm-hmm. a show of announcements.
1: Ooh, history. <laughs> yeah. So it goes back quite a long time. But this is the Hoos as we know it now, which is injecting all this talent into Newcastle Pro Wrestling. So guys who are on the card. So. Dazza, Tyson Reed, Tanner Moe, Shane Sheffield, Sinclair, Headhunter, Rigg, Carter Deems are all products of the Hoos. And they're going to watch their two head trainers. So Adam Hoffman and Jack Bonds. I cannot stress this enough, are the head trainers of the Hoos and they will be headlining the Hoos. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal. We're going to see exactly what you can learn at the Hoos. Which leads us into our next thing is we're actually got open tryouts,
0: or is you have to call them outs. The
1: tryouts. Yeah, like, so one well, of those
0: tryouts because I might have to give it a go after the babes uh, didn't. Well, I turned them down.
1: We turned them down. Um, but yeah, so June third, June third, we have the open tryouts, and again, you get you get the chance to impress the head trainers Adam Hoffman and Jack Bonza after they've beat the hell out of each other. It's gonna be, so it's gonna be a chance to uh, sort of. You know, come in and, and see if you can do.
0: See if you want to live your dream of being a professional wrestler. Because to start somewhere, yeah, just like, so why not start at the House of Free Fighting in Gateshead?
1: Yeah, if you, if you want to be like you know, as Jude London talked about, you know, and then go into the UK and and doing all this sort of stuff, you got to start somewhere. And you know, why not start at the house? Exactly. And then it. after
0: that, the next big show we have coming up, of course, is the
1: TLC
0: June the eighth at Club Charlestown, the Table Ladders and Chair Match
1: that is there's going to be huge so the match for Adam Hoffman's middleweight championship so it's going to be Adam Hoffman Moe, Tyson Reed Matt Diamond so we won't get into that one too much but I think that's that's sort of enough to to lead you there but yeah you get to see pretty much all those guys in action so this Saturday night at the at the Hoose and just remember it is BYO and it's only $10 entry it's $10 entry BYO there will be a sausage sizzle you know you, you can't go past that
0: so let's get into it. I hope to see you out there. It's going to be a massive show, and we're looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, excited, keen.
0: Let's go enjoy the rest of our holiday, Cameron.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that view. Hey, look it's a boat.